Red Monday and Bigley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Twenty to twelve, the final score yesterday at State Farm Stadium. Cardinals lose to the Rams. That has certainly been a recurring theme, as has been the frustration of not being able to win at home in front of the Red Sea. Seven consecutive home losses now at State Farm Stadium for the Cardinals, and they uh, maybe, thankfully, go back out on the road to take on the Carolina Panthers. Who make no mistake about it, Bick? They're not a good football team, but you know they're coming off a win. Yeah, and Carolina. In Charlotte or Glendale has been a really, really oh. tough uh, puzzle for the Cardinals to e- figure even out. Even dating back to college, the one thing Matt Rule has always been able to do is uh, shut down yes. air raid offenses. And even though that's not what Cliff Kingsbury is running per se, he's at zero. The Cardinals have not had 300 yards of offense in any of those games against Carolina. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the phones are open on this Big Red Monday. 602-260-9870 is the phone number to get your thoughts. We start out with uh, George and Tempe. Here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, George. Yeah, over 80, over 80 plays run and under 370 yards of offense is definitely not air raid. You know, I, I, let's let's build a little bit on last week's call. I said I was conflicted last week about that win. I'm not conflicted anymore. I wish we had lost because we'd be that much closer if we were 0-3 to getting rid of, you know, what we have to get rid of. And this is this is criminal. You know, Bill, Bill I mean, uh, Michael Bidwell is, you know, basically – committing a crime by stealing money from the fans and giving it to Steve Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury at this point. And I think Tyler's next level delusional if he thinks that if he's going to run around like a schoolboy, you know, with, with X's and O's in the sand and trying to throw the ball on broken plays, that's going to be an, a, a sustainable way to play offense. That's ridiculous. You know, I'm the most undisciplined person that I think any of my friends would tell you they know. I can't follow a, a, a freaking recipe. But when it comes to playing football, you have got to have a plan and you got to follow it. And this team just doesn't have it. It doesn't have the personnel, it doesn't have the skill level, and it doesn't have the coaching. And that's a really bad combination. Thanks, Good call, man. Appreciate Good it. Good call. Yeah. Uh, Let's keep we'll, rolling. Yeah, we'll get more from on the, uh, the Kyler Murray front as the show goes on. Let's go out to Avondale, talk to Don next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Don. Hey. Hey, good morning, fellas. How's it going? Hi, Listen, uh, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic, man. I mean, again, I kinda gotta, I'm kind of i going to piggyback off of what Bigley said. I mean, I get the I get the next man up mentality, but, I mean, let's face it, man, we're, we're kind of depleted uh, when it comes to the injuries. I really can't wait to see when Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins get back. I mean, it's going to open up the field. If, if you if you realize last game, I mean, Marquise Brown took a lot of the a lot of the catches, and again, AJ Brown, he yeah, he's 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 gone. I mean, uh, a Green, he's gone. Uh, I I really feel like he's 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 about had it. But if we can squeak out a three to three uh, uh, record before they come back, I really feel like we're, we'll be in way better shape, and he'll have more weapons to throw to. So I'm I'm just I'm hoping for that. Uh, you know that uh, turnaround here come up soon. So, all right, all right. yeah. Listen, if if they get to three and three, I think they will have salvaged what what has been a really really ugly start. Um, the DeAndre Hopkins thing, though, the difference is this is not an injury. This is something that you knew was going to happen for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. Rondale Moore, the injury that's unfortunate, but Rondale Moore, he's still been a speculative guy. You're not replacing fourteen hundred yards receiving. 
you're not. And it's so I think that uh, the excuses wear thin with me. Yeah, is what I'm saying. And I think the Cardinals thought that they were in good shape even to withstand the suspension from a personnel standpoint. But AJ Green completely ineffective, now injured. Rondell Moore again can't get on the field. Andy Isabella is Andy Isabella. Their second most reliable receiver was a guy who barely made the roster. Greg Dortch has been very good. Yeah, he has been. And Hollywood Brown was very good yesterday. He was. But, you know, and I hate to rain on Don's optimism about, you know, getting to 3-3 and before Hopkins comes back. They've proven now, last year and through three games, they don't know how to win consistently or conduct themselves offensively without DeAndre Hopkins. That remains a concern for the next three weeks. Let's go out to uh, Pedro and Mesa, who's up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, Pedro. Good morning, guys. Best part of this, we can vent through the best program ever in sports radio. Thanks, I don't know Pedro. what's more disappointing. The slow starts are Pee Wee head coach that doesn't know how to control time management, doesn't know how to call any other plays. He's been calling the same three plays for the last three years. Or I don't even know if it's the most disappointing that we keep as fans keep paying all these ridiculous amounts of money for them to come and show us this presentation every single time. I don't know what's going to happen. I know he's not going to get fired, but something should be done. He has to get somebody in here to help him out. Do a little bit more clock management, something because this is ridiculous. It's not. It's not getting any. Oh, I think we lost Pedro there. But got got your gist though. Uh, and to your point, and, and Sarah brought this up earlier in the show. Nathaniel Hackett, after three games in Denver, admitted, "Hey, I'm bringing somebody in to help me with the game management mm-hmm. stuff." And people will make fun of it. Certainly, hey, you're the head coach. That's your job. But it's also a win because it's recognition recognition of your own weaknesses. Yeah, it's admitting you have a problem. <laughs> Shut up, Jared! <laughs> the first step is... All right, admitting you have a problem. Yeah. And I remember talking about that in year one with Cliff Kingsbury. And here we are in year four, and people are still talking about it. Yeah, that's your, that bingo. Yep. Uh, let's uh, squeeze in one more call. We'll go out to Gilbert, talk to Nicholas, who's, uh, I'm sorry, Steve in Cave Creek is up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, Steve. How you doing, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Um, I've been a season ticket holder club level since the stadium opened. I've been to a bunch of road games. Listen, Steve Kime did a good job, very admirable for many years, but it's obvious they're going to have to bite the bullet on the contract for him and Coach Kingsbury and bring in a, someone like Sean Payton, just change the entire culture. Because Kyler Murray is his hand-picked guy, and he's never going to be motivated under Kingsbury and Kime. And, and the drafting's been horrible. Cam Thomas can't find the roster. And, you know, you know we're, we're drafting people out of Tulsa instead of the SEC. And, and, and Hassan even went back in Temple, he was a tweener. We didn't recognize it. Now he's doing well. I mean, we're just, we're just not, and we're not going to win with this, with this makeup and the GM and the no. coach. So we should just cut ties. And at the end of the year, we'll probably win six games this year, and the next year start fresh with Sean Payton or someone else. You got to open the bank for. Yeah, listen, appreciate that phone call. A lot of truth, a lot of truth to it. Kyle Odegaard just put out a tweet of the Cardinals' last three drafts. Man. Talk about getting very little talent out of well, it's just it's derelict. And this year's is is trending oh. to be the least productive draft class maybe we've seen in the NFL in, in twenty five years. And I know some people will point out, well, they traded their first round pick for Hollywood Brown. He's not a draft pick. No, he's not a this draft. Is pick. The art of selecting good college players who can play well in the pros and Steve yes. Kahn is flaming. And, and under the 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 same philosophy. 
Maybe trade every one of your draft picks for players. Yeah. At least you're going to get players. Oh, look, the Rams do. Yeah. But then you have to hit your like fourth and fifth and sixth round picks, which they don't do either. <laughs> yeah, there's that whole thing, too. Uh, their strongest day of the draft is none. Uh, coming up next, yeah. uh, thanks for the uh, phone calls. Coming up next here on Big Red Monday, you got to ask the question. We don't have the answer, but we'll explore the possibilities. Has the league figured out Cliff Kingsbury's offense? Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. No, it just it just went that way. Um we, we didn't execute great. We didn't call a great game. And, and uh, it just when you get behind, once again, you kind of get one-dimensional and you're playing catch the whole way. And, and um, so a lot of the game plan that we thought we would execute, we, we didn't get to. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, after yesterday's loss to the Los Angeles Rams, didn't call a great game, got one-dimensional. Yeah. That's what happens when, when you, you start slow. Start, uh, in a, yeah. Basically uh, as slow as possible. Again, they fall behind 13 nothing yesterday, three and outs, basically. Basically on three of their or four of their first five drives before they get a little footing underneath them, and that is not a recipe for success. The Cardinals last year proved that when they got off to good starts, they could win football games. But um, you also have to wonder too, um, and we had you know a lot of similar sentiment in our in our phone segment. Bick Cliff Kingsbury calling the same plays over and over again. Um, there is definitely that. There's plays yeah. that you lean on. Mm-hmm. With Kyler Murray at quarterback, the fact that he registered his first rushing yard with four minutes to go in the ball game, yeah, that was a bit of an issue. Yes, it was, and and I think you and I we've we've had many conversations about this. I don't know exactly what the correlation is, but Kyler Murray has to be productive with his feet for this Cardinal offense to be uh, to be dynamic, to be feared, if you will. And and that's what you that's what we kind of felt in the second half in Vegas when he started doing the whoop 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 act. There was fear. The Raiders were like, "Oh my, we can't! Oh, what do we do?" Oh, and then there was chaos, and then and then it just it changed everything. Yesterday, you were right about this when when you and I were te- when you texted me, the um he was back to the being a little too afraid. When when he was very calm and composed against the Raiders in the second half, he wasn't that in the first half yesterday. And there's two plays in general that stick out in my head. Mm-hmm. The uh, the 100th career sack from Aaron Donald. Very little contact, very much panic from the quarterback, from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a situation that Kyler Murray, if if the panic doesn't set in, he very e- Aaron Donald is a beast. He very easily could have evaded Aaron Donald. Yeah. He was just by himself. Yes. And he's, yes. again, a heat-seeking missile. Right. But even so, got Kyler Murray down by basically touching his by leg. By touching his leg. And then Kyler Murray threw the ball recklessly. Lucky he didn't get a intentional grounding penalty on that. Yes. Then there was a play later in the game where he came out of the pocket and he just spiked the ball. He just threw it to the ground. Yeah. And it was a give-up play for no reason other than his brain, boom, zapped, misfired. Yeah, um, we and saw last week, you know, a, a little bit of creativity from the offense, and we saw the speed option with with Kyler Murray making the pitch. Usually, that those plays run left for whatever reason. So, a, a left-handed pitch to a running back. 
I, I've already seen enough of that because I know it's not going to work anymore. You yeah. got two weeks of film on it. For that play to work, your quarterback has to be willing to keep it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a he's hard not. fake, a step, right. and a pitch is, that, is effective. But if you don't show the, the willingness to keep it and maybe take a shot from, from a defensive player on keeping that, they're going to key it the same. They're going to play it the same way every time. Yeah, and you're going to get three yards. Yeah, and and that's why when when I talk about Kyler Murray and planned runs, that ain't it. I'm not talking triple options, single options, RPOs. I'm talking about get him back in passing formation, let the field spread, and then have him hightail it out of there. Create space, create lanes, then go. It, not not the ready set hike and then off he goes to a running play. That's needless no, contact. No, I, get him back in the shotgun. Have him drop back. Let the defense kind of pursue. And when it does, boom, take off. There's got to be a handful of those plays every game. Yeah, there has to be. His willingness to run, even even scramble yesterday was was perplexing. Yeah. Yeah, he did, didn't want any part. He didn't want any part of it in the playoff game against the Rams. You're right, though. I think Aaron Donald just is in in his in head. In his head. Yeah, I think so too. Because, because there's not many guys that he can't outrun. Think about all those guys on the Raiders that he was just juking and deking and and see a fool. Peace but out. In terms again of the offense and the way it's being called by Cliff Kingsbury and then executed by the players on the field. We might not ever see a football game for as long as the NFL is in existence where a team has three 16-play or more drives that end in field goals. Yeah. That has got, that has got to take the wind out of the sails. Of course and then it does. go back to the Cliff Kingsbury thing about you know not kicking field goals. Where's the consistency there? I mean, early in the game, you settled for field goals. And then when it made sense for you to kick a field goal to make it a one-possession game, you don't because you like the way that you were moving the ball. Well, they are moving the ball. To, they had a 19-play drive. Yeah. <laughs> That's moving the ball. Yeah, and, and I think that you, you could make an argument that taking what the defense is giving you is a sign of maturity from Kyler Murray. And to a level it is. To a level it is. You don't want a quarterback forcing a throw, but at the same time, you've got to supplement that with, with shots that get you in the end zone, that get you touchdowns. Would you have been mad if Kyler Murray had an interview? Interception yesterday. No. If it was a play where he was trying to force something no, that needed no, to be forced, no. Listen, I, I, they're missing that. They need to be taking more of these shots downfield. They need to be taking more chunk kind of plays, and, and they need to do it early in games. Once again, one of my biggest issues with Cliff Kingsbury's offense, other than the appearance that the NFL has figured it out, one of my biggest issues is once this team gets off schedule, it's over. One five-yard penalty, one ten-yard penalty, one drop pass, but it's over. Let's face the reality of it, too. And you can go back and you can watch the games again, but the optics will tell you the Cardinals' offense is at its most productive and effective when the play that's called breaks down. Mm-hmm. And right. Kyler Murray makes up his mind, yeah. i gotta, I got to bail this right. out. 
Yes, and but you can't sustain that because no. you can't script it because you can't count on it. And but but there's got to be some of it. There has to be some of that from Kyler Murray in the course of a game to to make the defense malleable. Yes. to, to kind of spread them out to get them on their heels a little bit. That's a luxury to have a quarterback that can wreak that much havoc when yep. things do break down. But yep. if that's the only way you're making big chunk plays down the field, that's not a recipe for for success. Indeed, you have to have struck and pro- structured productivity in the offense, and the Cardinals just don't have it right now. It's it's frustrating to watch. Uh, text fan to 620-620 for your chance to become the Redbird Farms chicken fan of the game. One lucky winner will win two tickets to an upcoming Arizona Cardinals home game and be featured on the Jumbotron. That's fan, F-A-N, to 620-620. Uh, coming up next, we'll hit the big stories of the day with Sarah Cazell. Rush Hour Reboot straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot, everyone. Here on Bickley Emirata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We take you through the top stories of the day, every single day at this time. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. Vince Murata. Hey, Gloria. Wow. I'm Jared Carlin. I'm on the record as having two butt cheeks. That is correct. Two kneecaps, two butt cheeks, etc. More than three toes. That's we think. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out at the start of the Rush Hour Reboot to my friend, our friend Mark Rita. He is driving to his final day of radiation right now. He's been uh, fighting cancer this year and he said he's listened to uh, our show every morning on his drive oh. to radiation. So Rita, rooting for you. Yes. Have a great last session. Be well, You're Mark. You're killing it. Absolutely. Alright, now the top stories of the day. Uh, it, was, it was another discouraging day. Another discouraging game for the Cardinals and Cardinals fans. They lose to the Rams 20 to 12. They go to 1 and 2 on the season. Uh, the Cardinals, Vince pointed this out earlier, have not won at home since October 24th of last year. And it was against the Houston Texans. So does that even really count? Yeah, it doesn't really count. <laughs> That's seven straight losses now at State Farm Stadium. And Cliff Kingsbury post game said repeatedly that they have to figure out their slow starts together. In fact, when he was trying to explain right off the top of his press conference, he kind of seemed lost for words. And he said we're just trying to be consistent right now. Little things that, that are all fixable, which is encouraging this early in the season, but I just think consistency on offense is what we're fighting for. We have really good players, and um, I like what we're doing schematically. We've got to make sure we're maximizing the players and um, figure out exactly who we are. We've got to get some of those other pieces back. We have some dynamic receivers that um, will make a big difference at some point, but right now we got to figure out who we are for the next couple weeks. Okay, you just said it a couple times. We're trying to figure out who we are for the next couple weeks, assuming we're referring to until DeAndre Hopkins gets back. Uh, we said last week, last Friday, that we hoped to come out of yesterday's game with a better idea of who the Cardinals are. Dan, Vince, do you think you have a clearer picture of what this team is and is not capable of this year? Uh, it's a team that starts slow, and it will be that until they rectify it until they figure out a way not to sleepwalk through the first quarters of games. I mean, 31 nothing in first quarters, 56-13 in first halves. You're not going to win like that. Yeah, and and again, there's just so little to count on with this football team when you when you talk about that and then you talk about their their lack of production playing home games. Play-
playing games in your own stadium is supposed to be your structural foundation. It's yeah. supposed to be a place that it that it's easier for you, that you have an advantage, that you can stack some victories, if not win seven or eight of nine games. And with and, and to not have that, fans don't know what they're getting from this football team. It's just yeah. it's just very, very frustrating that yeah. that this football team is still struggling with these core basic issues after three games in year four. Yeah, well said. If you're a Cardinals fan, or if I were looking to spend money, that much money to go to an NFL game, why would I go to a Cardinals game? That's how I feel. Look, we have a coworker who said, uh, he put it on Twitter yesterday, he's thinking about selling his season tickets. Really? Oof. All right. Um, well, Hollywood Brown and Greg Dortch both had nice games yes. yesterday. A, a, a couple drops for Hollywood Brown, but he did have four catches and 140 yards, nine catches and 80 yards for Greg Dortch. What a Dortch! I think he short-sold uh, old Hollywood there. He had he had double-digit catches. Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, you said four. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> Fourteen and 140 sorry. yards. Yeah, sorry. No, that's, no, that's the, well, let's get that correct. Absolutely. Um, but other than those two, a ton of dropped passes. And here is Kyler Murray after the game with a message to his receivers. you got to be awake playing with me. No matter what the play is, uh, you know, i, I got free reign to do whatever, get into whatever. So it, when you sleep and um, you don't think you're getting the ball, it's, you know, it's we can't play like that. Hmm. What do you yeah, think about he that talking? quote? Well, listen, he he was not happy with Andy Isabella on that one deep route that he that he pulled up and didn't even complete his route. Was not happy with him there. Uh, then you got the AJ Green uh, dynamic who who just whiffed on a ball right between us. They hit him in the face mask. Yeah, I'm not sure who he's talking about, but after both of the losses, both of the games at home, Kyler Murray has verbally shown his dissatisfaction with some teammates. After week one, it was. You can't feel yourself in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now it's you got guys asleep. Again, how does that happen? I, 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 I no. There was they played a James Conner two out of the backfield where Kyler swung the ball to him, and and again he was he was in a route, but he wasn't expecting the ball to come to him. Yeah, that and, is true. And it was a yeah. it was a bad yeah, look I for everybody involved. That that's yeah. right. That ball was almost intercepted. That was a day. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that one too. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Phoenix Suns because we've got some Jay Crowder news. The Athletics' Shams Charania reported, I believe it was during the Cardinals game, that the Suns and Jay Crowder are going to work together to find a trade destination for him. We've mentioned over the last couple months um, several instances of angsty Instagram posts or Twitter posts or liking tweets from other people that indicate that he's not happy here and not really feeling valued here. In fact, Crowder tweeted after Shams's report Quote, one must seek work where he is wanted. Of course, it was tweeted in all caps, by the way, where he is needed. I am thankful for what these past two years have taught me. Now I must take on another challenge with continued hard work and dedication. For those of you who closed the door on me, thank you. 99 back soon. Okay, so presumably no more Jay Crowder for the Phoenix Suns. How much of an impact will this make on this upcoming year's roster? Well, and what listen, do the Suns do next? Here's, there, there's a fundamental thing that has to be answered. It's, it's did the Phoenix Suns, if this is all about giving his starting job to Cam Johnson, did the Phoenix Suns expect and want Jay Crowder to return in a supplementary bench production kind of role? Mm-hmm. If they did and Jay Crowder simply says, no, I ain't doing that, then you know what? I, I, I've lost a little respect for Jay. Does I, he still have it as a starter? Well, it, well did 
does he have what? Does he still have it? Does he still have the game as a starter? Well, yeah, that's should Cam Johnson no, be in front of him? No, you, you need to upgrade the position. That, that's the truth. You need to get a more consistent perimeter shooter at that position if he's going to shoot that kind of volume of shots. So I listen, and Cam Johnson, he's a growing player. So yeah. you've got to see, you've got to give him this opportunity. So if 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 that's that, then I'm a little disappointed. If this is a thing where they made it clear they were trading him all along, that this that they just don't want him anymore, then then this is the way to do it. You don't have him in training camp. It's just a shame the trade wasn't already consummated. I just hate that this is out there now, and there's 29 other general managers in the league going, "Hey, we could get Jay Crowder for a song now because right. we yeah. know he's not going to play no, there." This bad. greatly affects what they can get back. Look, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and turn on, on Jay Crowder after I said, you know, I, I love everything either. the guy did for two years. Yeah. But this is diva behavior. And Jay Crowder, one of the th- reasons why the Suns fans loved him so much is because he didn't have any diva in court. him. Yeah. Right. He did all the little things to help win games. And if this is about not starting, Bix right, it is disappointing. If this is stemming from some sort of end-of-year chemistry issue... Which I hope it's not. I mean, either way, it's that you can you can love what Jay Crowder did for two years and still be disappointed with the way he's oh, sl- slinking out of town. Because what Sorry. he's doing now is counterintuitive and and you know antithetical to what he did for the first couple of years yes. and why we love yeah. him so much. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that the grit that we saw. Out of yeah, him, absolutely. All right, no. All right, Jared's shaking his head at me. Bye. You've been rebooted. Sure. <laughs> gonna, that was going to be a good, good for you, Albert question. Pujols. Enjoy, Jared. Good for you, Albert Pujols. Congratulations, 700. Albert Congratulations, yeah. Albert. Uh, <laughs> 700 home runs. My goodness. Same. Uh, coming up next, we'll continue to break down the uh, Cardinals. Their loss to the Rams yesterday, where they go moving forward. We'll do it with their uh, play-by-play broadcaster, Dave Pash, next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. That Cardinals fall to one and two after losing to the Rams yesterday, twenty to twelve at State Farm Stadium. And a couple of themes persisting: the slow starts, the inability to win at home. Here to talk Cardinals football with us, the man who called it on the Cardinals uh, radio network, Dave Pash, their play-by-play voice, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Hey, Vince, Dan. How's it going this morning? Uh, good. Uh, I, I brought this up uh, early in the show. Um, you sat through a lot of very deliberate offensive football this weekend, calling ASU on Saturday yeah. and the Cardinals on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, boy, Saturday, uh, I know you guys want to talk Cardinals, but, um, you know, there's some more I thought about this going into the game and after the game. Uh, I feel like this next coaching hire – for Arizona State, it's the biggest in ASU football history, and it might be the biggest in ASU athletics history. I don't think that I'm exaggerating uh, or using hyperbole because with USC going to the Big Ten, the likely expansion of the college football playoff, meaning there's an automatic berth and lots of money at stake, Arizona State should be competing for the college football Mm -hmm. playoff every year. So that's why I think this next hire is huge 
We got to get you back uh, because there's there that that story and that storyline is so fertile. And I agree with you so much in so many levels. We'll have to get you back to talk college football exclusively. Now on to the Cardinals. What is it with this offense to start games? Why are why is it taking them so long to find any kind of rhythm on offense? I can keep talking college just so we don't have to talk about this, but uh, if you want. Oh, we can go NBA if you guys want to talk about Jay Crowder. We can do that, too. Um, yeah. You know, I I have to remind myself, and I, I think it's a good reminder for everybody, even though it's it, it's been ugly offensively in the first quarter in particular, that it is a new season. This season is not last season. Because it's, it definitely is easy to say that this feels like an extension of the end of last year. And it is just week three. But you know how you guys like to tell, you know, Jared to shut up? Mm-hmm. If, if the offense is struggling and, and we're still here in, in three or four more games, then you can just tell me to shut up. Um, but I, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I really don't. Uh, I wish I did. Um, but, you know, when you start the game yesterday with a third and short, you don't convert. Uh, you know, if that's me, I'm not the play caller. I'm not the quarterback that might be checking out of something. Or perhaps, you know, when there's a single receiver, like A.J. Green was in the third down and short, mm-hmm. you know, it's automatic that you go to that receiver. I, I, again, I don't know what the game plan is or what the rule is uh, in those situations because there's probably stuff like that that we have no idea about, uh, things that are either getting checked into or, you know, it's part of the plan. When when you see this, this is what you automatically do. You know, they don't convert, and then they get the punt blocked. And now you're starting from behind. Um, I do think that matters. I really do when you, when you start from behind. And I don't know if it's a combination of just inability to run the ball. I don't know if it's the, the, the run-blocking schemes. Uh, I don't know if it's... Again, checking into pass plays. There's just it, it's a it's a combination of inability to execute, and then you have a big mistake either in defense or special teams that always seems to follow the inability to execute or move the ball or sustain a drive. Yeah, uh, it's all great stuff. And uh, on that specific play, uh, you know, throwing that pass to AJ Green, uh, who's covered up by Jalen Ramsey, one yeah. of the best corners in the league, it, it, it didn't quite make a whole lot of sense. But I wanted to focus on on, on Kyler Murray here, Dave. Uh, he completed a ton of passes. He threw for a lot of yards. No touchdowns. No interceptions. Um, but Bick and I were talking about it. You know, he didn't register a rushing yard until four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And, and to me, whether that is, a, a, you know, a part of the design offensively or Kyler's willingness earlier in games to scramble and make plays with his legs, that's got to be a bigger part of what they're trying to do offensively. Am I, am I wrong here? I think it depends on the opponent. I'm not sure that, you know, when you're playing against Aaron Donald, that that's the best way to go to try to run the quarterback. I think the quarterback run game is probably a lot harder when you're playing against a guy like Aaron Donald, who's that quick, who's that good. Uh, I, you know, I understand what you guys were saying earlier too about, you know, options are not designed run plays, but you know, those, those could have been run plays. Uh, there's times where I'm sure Kyler decides I'm just going to run or checks into a quarterback draw. Uh, again, I don't know, but I have to imagine all these things. I mean, it's not like they're, you know, when you put together a game plan, it's not just, okay, here's what we're doing on first down. Here's the first 10 plays or whatever. There's, 
know, there's all these checks and all these things that go into it. And most of the time, we as the fans don't really know, you know, is that something that was called by Cliff? Is that something that was checked into? Did somebody make a mistake? They checked into something, running back went the wrong way. Well, I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. Uh, and I've learned this over the years, you know, from working with coaches and players, the things that you think you know, but then come to find out later, boy, it was something completely different. Um, so I, I, but I think a lot of that was the opponent. I think we'll see more of that as we go forward. Clearly, it's not something Kyler loves doing, and I'm sure they want to limit the shots that Kyler takes. What I would love to see more of is uh, design shots downfield. We saw one to Hollywood Brown, which if they connect on that changes the whole game, oh, yeah. and it looked like they had been setting that up. But you know, I think at some point you got to have some more of those shots downfield. Yeah, it seems to me this offense is too fragile. If they get off schedule like a penalty, it just seems it blows everything to hell. All right, let me ask you, uh, defensively, Isaiah Simmons was introduced with the starters, so I thought, oh, okay, um, maybe there's something to this this great week of practice that he's put forth that you know Cliff Kingsbury said he had. Um, or, or maybe that was Vance Joseph. I, I know their stories were kind of conflicting. And then the game comes and he's barely on the field. The, ben Neiman is blitzing, and, and, and I'm just wondering, what what is happening here with a kid that seemed to be really kind of hyping himself up for a great year and a team that was hyping him up for a great year. Yeah, it's another tough one. Not not sure exactly what's going on there, whether that's lack of faith in Isaiah in terms of where he is and what they're asking him to do. Um, you know, Zayvon Collins seemed to be getting better, making some plays yesterday, and then he had a couple, you know, late that – you know, make you scratch your head, including getting blown up by Ben Skoranek, a wide receiver playing fullback. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you look at the, you know, and so, you know, you, you, you saw some strides from Isaiah. He makes the big play last week. Uh, he doesn't sulk after, you know, basically getting benched. He comes in, he makes the, the, the game-winning forced fumble, and then we barely see him, and when he's out there, we don't call his name. It just seems like with, with both guys, you see some strides here and there and then a step back. And it, it's hard to figure out what exactly the issue is there with both those guys. All right, finally, um, it, it, this is only three games. I understand that, but but I do agree with you, and I think you and I have been in alignment. The uncomfortable thing about this season, you take away that miracle from in Vegas, and this is this feels like a direct extension to 2021. Um, Broad, if you, if you went to 30,000 feet, what's the way out of it for this football team? Yeah, I, I mean, it's... It, the way out of it is it is a 30-point game uh, on Sunday. The way out of it is explosive plays. Um, it's high-octane offense. I, I do think there is something to, you know, the players that are, you know, other than Hollywood Brown, uh, Greg Dorch has played really well, but, you know, you drafted Rondale Moore in the second round for a reason. You, you know, you traded for DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Antoine Wesley really came on last year, not having him. I know those sounds like sound like excuses. I'm not trying to make them, but I mean you're missing a big part of you know what a lot of people thought would end up being one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. But at some point, you've got to be able to run the ball consistently. Otherwise, it's really hard to have that explosive passing game. But to me, that's the way out of it. It's it's the explosive plays. It's the big plays. It's it, it's not just 15 play drives. 
you know, some teams maybe you can do that against. I think it's hard to do that against the Rams. Expect to have a 15, 19 play drive and get touchdowns. Uh, I think the longest pass play is 30 yards this year, and that was the Greg Dortch catch, which was a great throw by Kyler Murray on the run. So that that's it. You know, is is it coming this Sunday? It feels like at some point uh, you got to see it. Uh, we also thought that last year, though, at some point this offense is going to get untracked. They're going to break out. They're going to have a big game. And it didn't happen, but it's too early to say it's not going to happen this year, I think. Yeah. Dave, great stuff. And if this continues, we'll have you on in three weeks and we'll talk about basketball and college football. Yeah, we got to do that. <laughs> we we got to have that ASU conversation. You you piqued my interest with that. <laughs> Thank you, All right, Dave. Guys, take Thanks, care. Dave. Dave Pash, play-by-play voice of the uh, Cardinals, also ESPN broadcaster. He joined us here on the Arizona Sports Line. You know, after a Cardinals loss on Sunday, oh, the boy. Bickley Blast is going to be epic on Monday. <laughs> you don't have to wait much longer no. for it. It's next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.